Thank you, Jesus. Well, I just, I love the Lord. I love being in his house. I love being with his people. And I just, the Lord is so good to us and so faithful to us. And I said this last night, how he just proves every time we come together, he just proves where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm going to be there in the midst of them. And when the Lord is in the midst, people are changed, people are healed, people are delivered, people find peace, people find salvation. People find what they need. Lives are changed when the Lord is in the midst. And so I want you to know that anything you need is available to you tonight because the Lord is in the midst of us. We don't gather together and worship the memory of some false God. We serve a living God, and He is in the midst of us tonight on a Wednesday night in Winterville, Georgia. The Almighty God, the Spirit of the Lord Almighty is in this room with His people tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God is so good. He's so faithful. All the time. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord tonight. And, uh, I want to say just before I don't say it, we have our newest member, I guess. Well, maybe, I don't know, technically not our newest member since yesterday, I think, but new, and we're so glad that Charles is here with us tonight. Healthy and well and just perfect, just perfect. We're so, so glad. I, I'll tell you what Pastor always says, don't just run up and try and hold him. <laughs> Admire him from afar. Until Mabel hands him to you. Or <laughs> don't, yeah, don't run up and try and kiss him and just, just admire him and your time will come to, to hold Charles. So, but thank you for being in the house of the Lord tonight. You can actually go ahead and be seated tonight. <clears throat> and if, if you didn't know why uh, you're stuck with me tonight, Pastor and Sister Candy are in Alexandria, Louisiana for Because of the Times Ministers Conference. And I, for one, am glad that they are there uh, because even so far they've been extremely blessed and just God's just been speaking to them. And, and uh, we prayed last night uh, when we were watching the, the service live here, we prayed specifically for them that the Lord would give a word to them and through that give a word to his church. That's, that's our shepherd, the watchman on the wall, and uh, I just want God to bless them tremendously and speak to them, and, uh, and by that, the Lord's going to speak to his church. Amen. So thank you for being faithful to the house of God, even when pastor's not here. This uh, tonight that I'm going to teach or preach for just a few minutes, I'm going to tell you that I did not want to preach it. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I've, I've preached from this passage before, and uh, over the last couple weeks, the Lord has, has dealt with me um, in this area, 
this topic that I'll, I'll talk about tonight. Um, but even, I mean, up until 6 o'clock today, I was praying, Lord, if there's anything else, just show me. If you want me to go a different direction, just show me. I, I opened up my Bible to a completely different passage. I tried, I tried to, to read and the Lord say, yeah, that's actually what I want you to preach tonight. I tried, I'm telling you. And the Lord just would not loose me from this tonight. Now, this is something that is good for the church good for the people of God, but it can be challenging to preach. But I believe we have open hearts, open spirits to receive from the word of the Lord tonight. Amen. Just bear with me for just a couple of minutes here as I read from Jeremiah 2, if you want to turn there. And before I start reading, let's just pray for the word of the Lord one more time. God, I thank you so much. Lord, for your spirit that we feel here already tonight, God, and just you moving in our midst. Lord, we know that anything is available to us tonight, God, but right now, right now it's time for the word that you want to speak to your people. So I pray that you'd open our hearts and minds, open our understanding, Lord, and help us to realize, Lord, that you come close to where we are, God, not to hurt us, but to heal us and help us. Oh, we love you and thank you for your word tonight. And we believe we're going to be made better and changed by it in Jesus' name. Everyone said in Jesus' name. Amen. Jeremiah 2, just, just bear with me. I, I would say I don't have a lot of scripture tonight. I don't have a lot of scripture passages tonight. But this passage, just bear with me as I read from this for a moment. This is the Lord speaking through the prophet Jeremiah to uh, the people of God, to Israel. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I remember thee, the kindness of thy youth, the love of thine espousals, when thou wentest after me in the wilderness, in a land that was not sown. Israel was holiness unto the Lord, and the firstfruits of his increase. All that devour him shall offend, evil shall come upon them, saith the Lord. Hear ye the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, What iniquities have your fathers found in me, that they are gone far from me, and have walked after vanity, and become vain? Neither said they, Where is the Lord that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, that led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and of pits, through a land of drought and of the shadow of death, through a land that no man passed through and where no man dwelt. And I brought you into a plentiful country to eat the fruit thereof and the goodness thereof. But when ye entered, ye defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. The priests said not, where is the Lord? And they that handle the law knew me not. The pastors also transgressed against me, and the prophets prophesied by Baal and walked after things that do not profit. Wherefore, I will yet plead with you, saith the Lord, and with your children's children will I plead. 
for pass over the isles of Chittim and see and send unto Kedar and consider diligently and see if there be such a thing. Hath the nation changed their gods, which are yet no gods, but my people have changed their glory for that which doth not profit. Be astonished, O ye heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be ye very desolate, saith the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and have hewed out cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. Broken cisterns that can hold no water. I'm just going to, I'm actually going to stop right there. The Lord is speaking through Jeremiah the prophet to his people who have turned their backs on God. One can almost hear the passion in the voice of God as he lists the ways that his people have sinned against them, against him. And this, the, the title of this tonight, if you want to give it a title, is A Call to Repentance. Now I want you to hear me. The Lord revealed something to me recently that we make repentance about saying sorry to God. Only, many times. Repentance is, for us, for many of us, has been only as big and as deep as the sin for which we are repenting. But repentance is so much bigger than that. But one thing, I, I believe in, in, in weeping before the Lord. I believe in having a broken and a, con, a contrite heart and spirit before the Lord. In fact, that's what it takes to have sincere repentance. But it's not in the amount of tears that you cry. Or if you bust all the blood vessels in your face pleading in the altar with the Lord. It's about sincerity. And it would take one sentence for some, one sincere sentence for someone to repent in their heart. And it would unlock everything that repentance unlocks. Is this making sense? Repentance is not just about what you're leaving behind. But repentance is about what you tap into. When you tap into sincere repentance. When your heart is truly repentant. It's not just about what you leave behind. It's not just about being in dread and afraid of the Lord striking you with a bolt of lightning. But repentance unlocks something for the people of God. And we need to understand that tonight and know that this is not a message of, of condemnation and judgment upon you tonight. But the Lord is trying to let there be a paradigm shift in our thinking about repentance and help us to realize that repentance is not all about just crying tears and being afraid that God's going to kill me or let me go. But repentance, it, it, it separates us from the things that separate us from God. Repentance separates us from sin, which separates us from God. You need to know that, that God hates sin because sin separates us from Him. 
In other words, God hates sin because He loves you. The Lord hates sin because He loves you. And sin does separate me from God. But it does not separate me from the love of God. And the love of God is what bridges the gap. And we need to understand tonight, first and foremost, that God is telling us, I'm not trying to just scare you into the altar so you can cry in the altar and nothing else happen. I'm trying to call you deeper. That's what the Lord is telling this church tonight. I'm trying to call you into a deeper place and get you to tap into things in the Spirit. If you'll understand repentance. And the Lord spoke to me a couple of weeks ago. And brought that verse to my mind that my people, have, they've, they've made cisterns. They've made vessels that are broken and can hold no water. And the Lord spoke to me and said, there's going to be people, when you preach this, there's going to be people that need to know that there's no overflow in their life because the water is running out of the bottom. They're constantly having to be filled and filled and filled and filled and filled and filled because they're constantly losing water and there's no overflow out of the top because water's going in and coming out. And I'm, church, I love you. And I'm preaching to myself tonight too. This is going to help us. This is going to help us. There are people in here tonight. That you're looking for the overflow in your life. But you're wondering, why do I have to deal with the same thing over and over and over and over again? Why do I have to to go back to the altar for the same thing over and over and over again? Why do I feel like there's no progress in my life? And the Lord is saying, it's because you are pouring water into vessels that can hold no water. And I'll say this again tonight, that this is going to get close and maybe uncomfortable to some of us tonight. But the Lord never gets as close as He does to us in this way so that He can hurt us or so that He can offend us or so that He can insult us. But He gets close to us and He gets down where we're living at. And He gets us uncomfortable sometimes. He gets that close so that He can heal us. Not hurt us, not condemn us, but heal us and restore us. The Lord tells them, I brought you into a plentiful country to eat the fruit thereof and the goodness thereof. But when you entered, when you came into the promised land, When you walked into the place that I ordained for you. That's the thing. They were in the promise. The place that they wandered in the wilderness. The place that God brought them out of Egypt to go to. They're in the promised land. And he said, and when you got into the promised land, you defiled my land. And made my heritage an abomination. He tells them, my people have changed their glory for that which doth not profit. 
changed your glory for meaningless things. Man, it's quiet in here tonight. And he tells them again, my people have committed two evils. They've forsaken me, the fountain of living water. And they've made broken cisterns. They can hold no water. And I want to tell you that the Lord, I know the Lord has a purpose for this service tonight. On a Wednesday night. And with someone in this place, he is pleading. He wants to grow back again some things that have been broken off. He wants to regrow a ministry in this place tonight. He wants to regrow a passion and a dedication and a consecration and a commitment to God and to the work of God and to the things of God. A sensitivity to the voice of God. A love for His Word and for His paths and for His ways and for His statutes. A clean heart. A right spirit. Like the psalmist wrote. And I tell you again that I I seek not to judge or to condemn anyone in this place tonight, but I do know that it's the desire of the Lord for people to be delivered in this place from sin and from transgression that has gone on for far too long and from iniquity that has plagued your life and your family's life and from addictions and from ungodly lusts and perversions, from wickedness, from unrighteousness. And not from these things only, but from bitterness, from hatred, from poisonous thoughts and actions and reactions, from unforgiveness and from slothfulness and from laziness and indifference. I know, I know it just seems like I'm just... We need medicine sometimes. And I'm just trying to obey the Lord in this place. And I tell you tonight that I, I, I don't want to get, please hear me church, because I'm, I'm speaking to us as a church. And if anything, this might just be preventative measures for us tonight from the Holy Ghost. But I want you to hear me. I don't want to be led into the realm of promise and plenty that God has promised us, only to get there and defile it. I don't want us to reach a place of promise and revival and fulfillment and increase and harvest where the Lord wants us to be and then turn our backs on the things that got us there and turn our backs on the Word of the Lord that brought us there. I don't want Him to look at this church and say they have forsaken me and traded their glory for things that don't profit. And they've made broken vessels that can't hold any water. And so they're making no progress. And there's no overflow because I just keep having to pour into the same thing over and over again. And water's going out just as fast as it's going in. Constantly in maintenance mode. Because they've forsaken the things that got them there. I don't want that to be this church. I'm not saying that it is. I'm saying I don't want it to be. 
We need to hear the word of the Lord tonight and check ourselves tonight and make sure that we are positioned to be in the promise. That we are living a life that's going to take us all the way to where God wants us to be and beyond. So that we can operate in the land of promise. We can operate in the realm of promise that God has given us. And I say this with all the love that I have in my heart tonight. There are some people in this place that God can and is ready to speak to you and to prosper you and to use you mightily in the kingdom of God. But you've turned to idols. God led you and spoke to you and positioned you for glorious things. And if you look, you find you turn to idols. I'm just being led of the Holy Ghost tonight in church. I'm not beating up on anybody. Purposed maybe to be a teacher or a preacher or an altar worker or a Bible study teacher, a prayer warrior, intercessor, soul winner, church worker. Kingdom ambassador. And God help me if he's called me to be those things. But he finds me an idol worshiper. Seeking first my kingdom. My kingdom come. My will be done. I will lean on to my own understanding. My word is a lamp unto my feet. My will, my way, my heart, my path, my feelings. My life filled with idols of wood and stone and iron and wires and pixels and green paper and flesh and carnality. And you might say tonight, I don't have any idols in my life. I don't bow down and worship something in my home. Where does your life and your time and your dedication and your money and your thoughts and your desires and your efforts, what does it revolve around? I haven't read or prayed today, but I'm going to sit down in front of the TV. I know some of you now, I can, I can feel it in this room. Some of y'all are saying, man, this is Wednesday, Jay, come on. I can, I, can feel, I can feel a pushback in this room right now. I deserve this relaxation. I can't remember the last time I fasted. I say I, I, can, I can live for God at home, but when I'm at home, I'm not spending any time with Him. I want to be used to God. I want to work in the church. But I want to give all my time to other things. I want to work in my church. I want to serve the kingdom of God. I want to be used of God. But I will let literally anything else take priority. I want to be used of God. I want to operate in the Spirit. But the, I cannot forgive that person. I cannot forgive those people. 
I can't be nice to them. I will not trust. I will not have mercy. I won't stop hating. I can't. I'm not. I wonder why I'm not spiritual. Why I'm not spiritually sensitive. But the things that I'm watching. That I'm giving my time to. That I'm pumping into my ears and my head. It's ungodly. I want the will of God, but I, I won't embrace the will of God. I can only accept what I want and what I think is best. And I have to ask you tonight, church, to search yourself. I'm preaching to everybody in this house. I'm so sorry if you're upset at me tonight. But I have to ask everybody tonight, do you have an idol in your life? Any kind of idol. You don't need me to tell you what your idol is. You know what it is. I don't have to have the word of knowledge go through me tonight and tell you what your idol is. You know what your idol is. If it's not your idol, why can't you stop it? If it's not an idol in your life, why can you not stop it? Why can you not let it go? Why can you not stop thinking about it? Why can you not stop doing it? If you don't worship it, why can you not stop? Why can you not let go? It's a reality we don't want to face oftentimes. If there's anything in my life that I have a struggle to let go of, it has become an idol in my life. If there is anything that I have to find, any loophole, any way that I can find to try and justify it and make it not sin to me, it's an idol in my life. And I want to tell us tonight in the Holy Ghost that it's time to stop justifying and making excuses and thinking I'm the exception and acknowledge, acknowledge your sin, acknowledge your idol. The Lord told them that in this chapter. He said, acknowledge thine iniquity. He's pleading with them. He's pleading with them. Acknowledge it. Identify the idols in your life. They were in the promised land and still turned their ways from God. As I prayed and sought the Lord over this and wrestled back and forth. The Lord has been speaking to me. I'll tell you, we need to, we need to get out from in front of the TV every now and then and get on your knees and get in a prayer room. The Lord spoke to me the other day as I was praying. He said, He said, the prayer rooms, the prayer rooms are lost. 
on people. He said, my people need to get into the prayer room. My people need to get on their knees and seek my face. You need to stop pumping that garbage into your ears and you need to listen to God. You need to stop seeking thrills and seek the face of God. I say it with love in my, in my heart tonight, but you need to get over yourself. You need to swallow your pride and awake, awake, sleeper. Awake out of your slumber and identify the things that are holding you back in your walk with God. We can see in Scripture how the people of God would not repent. They would not change. They would not heed the warnings of God. They would not listen to the man of God. But instead they continued in sin. And they brought destruction and captivity upon themselves for a time. And I feel tonight, someone in this room, let your heart get hard. And you won't allow yourself to be broken before the Lord. You won't allow yourself to be honest with the Lord and with yourself. Always in defense of yourself. Always defensive when the word comes forth. Always shutting down when conviction pricks your heart. But the Lord said, acknowledge thine iniquity. You can't hide anything from the Lord. It's so funny to think, but sometimes we let ourselves think we can. But we can't hide anything from the Lord. He, he didn't say uncover it so I can see it. He, he didn't say stop hiding it so I can know what it is. He said I want you to acknowledge it. And he begged his people turn, turn. He said it right there after he listed those things. He said, yet will I plead with you. In the next chapter, in chapter 3 of Jeremiah, they say, if a man put away his wife, she go from him, become another man, shall he return unto her again? Shall not the land be greatly polluted? But thou hast played the harlot with many lovers. Yet return to me. You know how serious this was? He said, you've played the harlot with many lovers. Yet return to me, saith the Lord. Lift up your eyes unto the high places and see where thou hast not been lying with. In the ways hast thou sat for them as the Arabian in the wilderness and Thou hast polluted the land with thy whoredoms and with thy wickedness. Therefore the showers have been withholden and there hath been no latter rain. Thou hast a whore's forehead. Thou refusest to be ashamed. Will thou not from this time cry unto me, my father? Thou art the God of my youth. Will he reserve his anger forever? Will he keep it to the end? Behold, thou hast spoken and 
done evil things as thou couldst. I didn't even realize that this note right here, starting these next few verses in this in this study Bible, says a call to repentance. The Lord said also unto me in the days of Josiah the king, Hast thou seen that which backsliding Israel hath done? She has gone up upon every high mountain and under every green tree, and there hast played the harlot. And I said, After she had done all these things, turn thou unto me. But she returned not. Her treacherous sister Judah saw it, and I saw when for all the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a bill of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah feared not, but went and played the harlot also. And it came to pass through the lightness of her whoredom that she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and with stocks. And yet for all this, her treacherous sister Judah hath not turned unto me with her whole heart, but faintly, saith the Lord. And the Lord said to me, The backsliding Israel hath justified herself more than treacherous Judah. Go proclaim these words toward the north and say, Return, thou backsliding Israel, saith the Lord. And I will not cause mine anger to fall upon you, for I am merciful, saith the Lord, and I will not keep my anger forever. Only acknowledge thine iniquity that thou hast transgressed against the Lord thy God and hast scattered thy ways to the strangers under every green tree. And ye have not obeyed my voice, saith the Lord. This verse right here. I was in my office a couple of weeks ago and I read this verse. And when I read this verse, the Spirit of the Lord filled my office. I begin to intercede and pray in the Holy Ghost. And the Lord told me, this is what I'm saying to someone. And now the time is fulfilled. And I'm standing behind this pulpit a couple of weeks later. And the person that the Lord wants to speak to is in this room. He said, turn, O backsliding children, saith the Lord. For I am married unto you. And I will take you one of a city and two of a family. And I will bring you to Zion. He lists all these things. And he says, just turn. Because I am married unto you. And the Lord's trying to let somebody know tonight. I have not cast you aside, and I have not forgotten about you, and I haven't forgot about the promises that I made to you, but the Lord is pleading with someone in this place tonight, not because He just wants you, not because the Lord wants to say, I told you so, not so the Lord can just point out that you were wrong, and that's all. He's trying to take you from one place to another. He's trying to take you from broken cisterns that can hold no water to overflow. The Lord wants us to see tonight that repentance takes you somewhere. 
It doesn't just leave you broken in the altar. Repentance takes you to a different level. Repentance takes you to a different place. And repentance unlocks anointing and promise and opens doors. And that's why the Lord is pleading with someone tonight and saying, I want you to repent and turn to me again because I have a purpose for you. And I have a promise to fulfill. And because I am married unto you. I have not cast you aside because you cast me aside. I am married unto you, and I am committed to you. And all I'm asking is that you acknowledge thine iniquity and turn to your first love again. can stand with me tonight. Music can come. Church, let me try. Let me try and bring bring this together. I said this maybe last night as well. I know I did Monday night that the Lord is taking us, trying to call us deeper. Trying to call us into a deeper walk, a deeper place with Him. And I use this example. I said, when we, the other day when it, we were snowed in or iced in, as snow was pathetic, but when we were iced in, I was sitting there, I was doing my bread reading. And we don't have a fireplace in the house. That makes me upset, but we don't. But I was sitting there, I was drinking coffee, I was reading my Bible. I look up for just a second and I see that, I, I see on the, the screen in the living room that there's one of those fireplace loops going on the TV. And here I am bundled up because it's cold. And I thought to myself, that fire is not doing anything. And it was kind of silly. It makes you, it makes you feel kind of dumb when you think about, I have a fireplace loop going on this TV and it's not benefiting me at all. It's not making me warmer. But it looks like a fire. But I can't smell that wonderful fireplace smoke. I can't feel the heat coming off of it. It's not making me warmer. It's not benefiting me because it looks like a fire, but it's not a fire. And I thought about that. And the Lord dealt with me. He said, I'm trying to take you to a place where it's more than it just looks it just looks like a fire it just looks like it's supposed to look I'm trying to get you to a place where it feels like it's supposed to feel and it warms like it's supposed to warm and where the where those little sparks can fly off and catch something else on fire 
God is calling us deeper in this time that we're in church. I love this church. I love this people, and I'm so thankful for what God is doing. But the Lord has been dealing with not just me, but I know He's been dealing with us as a church and saying, I'm trying to get you to a place where you can not just survive and get by in what's coming, but where you can thrive in the realm of promise. He said the latter rain is shut up because of what you've been doing and how you've been living. But there's a promise to us that the former rain and the latter rain, we're going to experience both of them at the same time. But we won't experience that latter rain. That latter rain, just like he wrote to the prophet Jeremiah, that latter rain will be shut up to us if we are not in the place with God that we're supposed to be. God is calling us. He said, I need you to get in my prayer rooms. I need you to, I need you to do what I called you to do. I need you to stop playing games with me. I need you to stop saying tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, when I figure it all out. He said, I need you to turn to me now. We're walking into a place of promise. And I want to be positioned for promise. God's trying to call us deeper because He loves us, church. He's trying to call us deeper because He loves us. And so before I call you to these altars, all I ask of you tonight is search yourself and ask the Lord to search you. And if there's anything in your life, if there's any idol in your life, if there's anything ungodly in your life, just ask the Lord, God, take it. Lay it on that altar of repentance and separate yourself from it. And let God take you forward. Let's come find a place in these altars, church. The Lord is speaking and moving in this room tonight.